0: This episode, a discussion with Andrew Belter about transitions at low-income taxpayer clinics, things to think of when a person leaves or starts at a low-income taxpayer clinic. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome to Tax Justice Warriors, the podcast that celebrates the work of low-income taxpayer clinics, focuses on tax controversy work, and looks at related issues in tax news. I'm your host, William Schmidt. For one thing, you are the returning champion, Andrew. You're you've been the the podcast guest on Tax Justice Warriors the most. So, you know, for for one, you're you're a good conversationalist, and you know we we both like to to joke around. So, um, that's that's why I'd like to bring you back. But also, I wanted to chat with you, particularly about the topic of transitions, because. You know, and, and I'll let you explain your transitions between two LITC organizations, but for me, um, I just ended yesterday at Kansas Legal Services, so I had been there over five years, and then um, I start on Monday with Legal Aid of Western Missouri, so I will be supervising attorney of their consumer protection unit which is over the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic, but I will be working with with the current LITC attorneys to to take on part of their workload. So we we will still be figuring out the the division of work and so on for some time. So I've I've certainly at this point thought through leaving an organization, and I've. I've Worked to do a little bit with one of the the replacement attorneys. So I've been thinking about bringing someone onto an organization, but but you, Andrew, you've gone back and forth between some litcs. So you you certainly have experienced that yourself. So so for one thing, um, can you talk through with me the your transition between um, the two LITCs that, that you have worked for? Well, first, I now am the
1: LITC director at Wisconsin Judicare, which serves Northern Wisconsin, but LITCs can serve as people statewide. But traditionally Judicare, its boundaries are the Northern part. And I actually started at Wisconsin Judicare when I decided to go into legal services. And I was tax, half-time tax, half-time housing. And I left there to Legal Aid Society of Milwaukee to be its tax director and experienced the onboarding process there. So I have a little bit of familiarity with jumping into a new clinic and what needs to get done. Recently, Legal Aid Society of Milwaukee ended its LITC program. And now I'm going back to Wisconsin Judicare to be its clinic director. I've had a little bit of experience on both ends of leaving and how to wrap up effectively, but then also coming on and what needs to get done. What do you want me to start with—the the leaving or the coming
0: on board? Well, let, yeah, let's start with with leaving an organization because um, that's that's fresh in my mind too. For for one thing. So I, I gave five weeks notice at Kansas Legal Services because really I was involved in quite a bit of, of the clinic just, just running it myself. And so I, I felt like there was a good amount to do both administratively and on the casework, to to pass on my knowledge or for the other attorneys, and i I was wanting to make my leaving as smooth as I could, but I mean, also to some degree that that was partly out of my control too what what happens after I'm gone, but there there were a lot of plates I was trying to juggle at the end to pass things on and then then at the end it was like I only have limited time and then then it was trying to prioritize what, what I could finish. So what what was some of your experience Andrew? It's kind of like breaking up <laughs> with you know a lot of great
1: relationships with your clients. But then it's also like breaking up with some terrible relationships so it's both good and bad i felt really sad for some clients because i wouldn't get to see their cases through i didn't expect that as much but having done it the first time now the second time i realize just breathe, enjoy the moment because you're about to have a whole new caseload with all new clients who you'll enjoy some, you won't enjoy others. And one thing I prioritized was making sure the clients understood that transition occurred was about to occur so that they weren't caught off guard. I, I told them as soon as I realized that there was going to be a transition and it wasn't so difficult at judicare moving to legal aid society of milwaukee because i was just a staff attorney at judicare and there was still the litc director there was still a enrolled agent still Uh, LITC assistant, so not a lot changed for them and I didn't have to completely disengage but this time around where I went from a clinic closing and leaving that it was really difficult because I think I had 60 70 some open cases that I had to find all new homes for I had to I prioritized ones that I could close. We're just waiting on a response from the IRS or something, and explain to the clients: you're going to have new representation. They might have different opinions than than me. Uh, that's just how it is in the legal world. So really prepare the clients as best as possible for new representation and make sure they understand that if there are different opinions, it's not that I was wrong or the next attorney was wrong. There's a lot of different answers and strategies. I do wish both Judicare and Legal Aid Society had transition plans, some set protocols, because revoking POAs is a nightmare. <laughs> and then updating POAs with new clients is also a nightmare. I think every clinic should have a form letter in preparation of a new clinician coming on where you can just plug in the client's name. It. We all have form letters that you can just auto-generate and have those ready to send out to get an incoming clinician ready to go right off the bat. And I think it's a little bit overlooked to have those procedures in place, but it is important because when you come into a new place, you won't be backtracking, trying to Do simple things like get updated power of attorney forms. And then also, if you have a form letter notifying the client about that there's going to be a change in representation, you won't have these clients calling the old numbers, asking for the old people, and then having to play catch up with them. They'll already know. And they can call get updated, and hopefully they understand that you're new and just getting up to speed with the clinic. So just a basic transition plan for things like power of attorneys.
0: Well, right. We did a transition letter when I left, which definitely gave them notice that that I would be leaving and there would be a new attorney coming on. But we informally, we talked in the office about power of attorneys, but we probably should have mailed something out to all the clients about that as well. I just wondered like, I mean, how, how many mailings to do to the clients as well? Because then I I knew the new attorney or or transition attorney may need to be sending out power of attorney forms and I I think one of the worst things for litc attorneys transitioning is getting the power of attorneys sorted out that that it's so frustrating that there isn't a way that that we can connect clients to the organization for the power of attorney and and so when when a person when one person leaves and another one starts that there there isn't this disruption but it, it's very disruptive when when you have turnover because like maybe you have access for for power of attorney to the IRS, maybe you don't. And you know, are are we getting all of the notices from the IRS? Are they are they calling us to to dis, to discuss the case? Are they sending all of the? I mean, can we get all of the transcripts? I mean, all all of that's frustrating. And I mean, it's 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 not even easy when when you have someone normally there. To, to get power of attorneys set up. So so then when you have that disruption, then it, it just throws everything out of whack. I
1: will say the new e-filing for power of attorneys makes things a lot quicker, uh-huh. a lot easier to at least upload. I didn't try and revoke any online, but I imagine that is a much better process in faxing. I wish I would have done all my withdrawals online because I'm still getting some mail from prior clients that they might've missed the withdrawal. I will give the IRS a lot of credit that when it gets a new 2848 that checks new address, new contact information, it immediately updates for everything. So at least my old employer is not getting letters anymore. They're already being sent to my new employer. And that was one worry of mine. But yeah, it's, it's just a lot to update all the power of attorneys and keep track of which ones I submitted, which ones I didn't, which who, who already has returned them.
0: Yeah, I, I submitted a FOIA request, just mailed it yesterday to to see what 2848s are still outstanding for for my cap number, but we'll see what if that helps or not.
1: Yeah, and now that you bring that up, I know, I think you are supposed to fax that to the CAF unit once you're done with crossing out and, and putting lines through things. I wonder if you can do that online now.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you can submit revocations online. The, the problem we were having is like like, we were, Revoking like whole lists of people. And I think they want you to submit them like one at a time for revocations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we, we were just faxing those in, but they, they seem to be processing that.
1: And then the other thing that I think is good is to have good notes for people who are going to inherit the case have, if you have time, kind of map out a strategy for the cases or what you were envisioning to happen. I know that is something I try to do for the clients I transferred to other places. And then, unfortunately, I I did not come into my new job with each one mapped out it, they're just too many, and that's a little frustrating because I think there's some cases where the, the case has been on hold so long, either waiting for stuff to process, waiting for waiting for the IRS to respond. But I'm not 100% updated on the overall strategy. Of each case, which would be helpful.
0: Yeah, I I did transfer memos for all of the the clients. So I did their background, the procedural history, and then next steps were were the the three main areas. So for their background, I threw in like so like an innocent spouse case like like maybe some notes about their divorce or something but i also put in there like is this client easy to work with or are they really annoying or you know what whatever kind of notes like like that too i i tried to um yeah give give a little bit about you no, know, not, not just the, the cut and dry facts about the case, but you know what what kind of client are they? I, I guess as um, some extra notes. But yeah, I, I think I wound up spending maybe a day and a half or something writing those. And those wound up being like writing an essay on on every case file. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I get why people skip doing that in the process because it's, after a while, it's a lot of work to to, to write those transfer memos. But, I mean, I, I think it's super important so that the the next person can get up to speed.
1: Yeah, that's just as important to know what kind of clients you're inheriting, their mentality or even something as simple as their preferred way to communicate, its I, I find myself looking through the, the notes, seeing how the client has communicated in the past, trying to figure out the best way to communicate now. Yeah. And. I don't know. It 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 is extra work to put together a whole process for a transition, but I think it is important now that I've gone through it twice.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I remember when I started at Kansas Legal Services, it it just felt like a lifeline when the last attorney had had written transfer memos, and you know, maybe maybe they're only like a couple paragraphs each, but I mean it was useful to have that as a starting place and you know okay now now I know the basics about the case I I can get started moving through it I also tried like writing different notes and yeah helping with procedural things and and putting it together different reference but I don't know at at the end I I didn't get as much written as as I wanted to but I, I think in general jobs don't have good transition plans. <laughs> you know, that that it's not just like law firms or LITCs or whatever. It's just people don't have good transition plans, period. And I mean, like my managing attorney was was saying with with me that she felt I had done a good job of of the transition and, and tried to pass on knowledge to to the incoming attorney and, and all that. While there are other attorneys, I mean not, not not necessarily taxed, but just in general, that they kind of like, okay, I've put in my notice. Here are my cases. See you later. And you know, it, it does mean something for what kind of transition plan you you utilize and, and what you put in place. I mean, it it helps in in the client care and it, it helps the new attorney get up to speed.
1: I don't want to put too much pressure on the LITC office, but it would be a great idea if they had a, you know, just a an outline of what a transition uh, plan should look like, and maybe some
0: best practices, some best steps. Yeah, I mean, and, I got a list from Tamara Borland um, regarding, regarding things to keep in mind. So, so that was pretty useful. But I think it'd be good to have on the toolkit a more formal Checklist or plan. I I don't know if I'm volunteering to draft something, but I mean certainly while while I'm keeping it in mind, um. You know, yeah, I'm. I want to at least give them something for the toolkit. Um, putting together what what some of my thoughts were for both um, leaving and and incoming to an organization.
1: Yeah, and it gets even more complicated if you come into an organization and all of a sudden you're trying to play catch up, you're trying to maintain the cases, but then you also have new cases coming in and you have to learn the entire organization's intake process and closing process. It's like just a huge amount of work at the beginning, it seems like, if some of those transition tasks are not already taken care of, that could have maybe been set in motion a week or two before you started the
0: job. Yeah, so before law school, I was in training and yeah, that, that was one of the things like I tried to at least look at it like for the new hires first week to to be sure like we had things to keep them busy for that first week, to be sure that like we had a plan in place, like okay, the these this is the schedule for what we are training you on. Um you know, because because that's a thing that that I know at different jobs. Like like there can be downtime where the manager isn't around or they they don't have anything scheduled, so so the new hire is just kind of sitting around, waiting waiting to learn something. And I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm curious because like not every manager thinks through like. Okay, what what should the new hire process be, and you know that that they they are often busy with their own work, and so they're they're not necessarily thinking. Okay, what is the new hire experience?
1: And it's hard because it seems like LITC is it's a whole different thing within an organization usually. So once a director's gone, there, there is a big knowledge gap on what to do unless the director has left instructions because some of the things are different than a normal intake. You know, Some of the guidelines are different. Some, uh, the POAs, again, I, I go back to the POAs. Uh, those are a separate thing that other attorneys don't have to do on their checklist and it, it's, you can't expect, I, at least I, in my opinion, I didn't expect the, the supervisor of the LITC or, or anyone higher up to know the ins and outs of what an LITC director should be doing when they come in. So I guess it comes down to us. <laughs> Unfortunately, I will say, thank goodness I've worked at Judicare before because I knew a lot of the intake processes. It was still a little different, but I can't imagine stepping into a new place and having to learn all the intake processes on top of all the LITC-specific processes. And Judicare has great support, great leadership, so they've been patient it's just the the transition plan. I just I just wish every LITC had a transition plan.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean i i don't I don't know entirely what to expect, but I mean at least I know about the LITC program. I mean, yes. Granted, I will be learning a new intake process, and you know the the organization specific procedures. So, I mean, certainly there's going to be a learning curve, but, I mean, I, I guess I would hate to be totally new as an attorney learning LITC and about the organization's procedures. I mean, I don't know. I It, it was a little bit of a learning curve for me when I was... I felt like like to some degree, I was a little self-taught in in what I was doing in the in the clinic because I was generally the most knowledgeable tax person in the entire state for the organization, so to some degree i was I was on my own for for my training, so I don't know it. So yeah, let's let's highlight resources for new people that um, certainly reach out to other clinicians. Maybe find a mentor from the litc organization. Um, they're the networking groups. Uh, I know locally in Kansas City we have the three litcs. So. We have been open, if there is a new clinic attorney, that they can always visit another clinic and ask questions about cases. So we're, we're all within a short driving distance of each other. Um, but then, um, of course, there is the ABA listserv, um, the different conferences for networking and, and getting knowledge. Um, but yeah, certainly reaching out to the LITC organization and the toolkit that that if you need help, contact them. But um, yeah, and I I certainly I certainly think like like just doing internet research too, like like what is the procedure for for doing this type of tax case, but. Um, what are, What are some other ways that that you got up to speed in, in your different organizations? Um, anything else I didn't mention?
1: IRS Council, They're yeah. my best buds here in Milwaukee. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh they were they were very helpful, very patient. and they, at least for the substantive work, they were wonderful. I can't say enough about. How I've been treated by uh, by IRS counsel's office, then the local uh, local taxpayer advocate. She was uh, she just retired, and she was very helpful with outreach education. She always kept me in the loop, told me where to be, what to do, and that is. I don't know if it's an often overlooked part of what we do, but having resources such as the LTA for outreach, that helped me a lot. Then the LITC office, of course, can't say enough great things about Jocelyn Champagne. (laughs) She was very helpful in helping me get up to speed. And thankfully, in my experience, LITC office is very understanding about transitions, and they understand it's difficult and just want you to do your best. I guess keeping them informed, uh, you mentioned contacting the ITC organization. I'm guessing uh, you meant uh, did you lump the ITC office in with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they keep them informed. If you have an issue with grant solutions, reach out to them immediately. <laughs> if yeah. you have a problem getting pro bono attorneys, reach out to them immediately. Because there is so much that goes into being a director.
0: For sure. I mean that that there is. Yeah, the education and outreach, managing the grants. I mean, there there are a lot of things to to directing the clinic that aren't aren't always. I don't know that that other people in in the organization may not realize are, are what you are doing administratively to keep the clinic running and and the grant going well. So,
1: which brings me back to this transition plan. I think we need to make it happen, Bill. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, fair enough. One thing I am curious about is how you handled the grant reporting leaving because I left Legal Aid Society and the program was done. So I didn't have to pass along my spreadsheets you know, how I was tracking consults, uh, technical consults, because not all of our legal uh, management systems, you, 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 it's almost impossible to tra- track technical consults, in my opinion, in these legal management systems. So did you pass along all that information in and uh? way that you think someone else could understand?
0: I mean, I tried, but I I really feel like like the the different people won't understand it until they are working through the grant report themselves. But I did draft the grant report. So basically as of mid-May to to give to them. So yeah, that, that they basically would have a month and a half to update if if there are any changes. But I mean, I figured it was close enough to, to the mid-year that it was worth, I mean, that, that I had so much knowledge about what happened through the year that I really felt like I needed to leave them a draft of the grant report to, to pass on to them, but yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if um, I'm, I may have to visit and just, just show the new person where things are or, or something, I don't know, but I mean, it's, it's a, it's a small enough city that, you know, we, we can work together and, and get things figured out. That's good,
1: because I feel like everyone has their own system when it comes to tracking, consults, uh, education, outreach, all these different things that unless there's some sort of explanation, when you leave, it could easily get lost or misinterpreted or, and that would, I'd feel bad if I, if, uh, I encountered that situation because I don't think people could understand exactly what I was doing. <laughs> it's, it's such a personal tracking system in many ways.
0: Yeah, and I, I think it's the same for me that that it is a very personal system because it was mostly my work that I was tracking. So I don't know. I I mean, I left a spreadsheet that can be modified, especially for the client work. So like keeping track of, okay, is, is this over the income limit? Is this, um, is there a married couple? Is it English as a second language? All, all of those different questions I track on a spreadsheet. But But like you're saying, when it comes to the education and outreach, usually I just go back through my calendar, make note, okay, what what were the significant events I did during those six months? And then from that list, then I look at, okay, what what are things that are definitely tracked on the grant report and and go from there? So, I mean, I'm, I'm not really sure how to pass that on to someone else other than to say like this is what my practice was in that situation yes. it's a lot it's a lot and
1: it's difficult i probably said that a lot of times here
0: <laughs> yeah i mean so so there's definitely going to be a learning curve for me i i get that but you know hopefully it it won't be too painful and i mean i'm i'm glad that i at least know what the LITC program is before um, getting back into it. But, um, so yeah, at at this point, do you have any other thoughts you wanted to highlight or or anything else about coming onto an organization?
1: I guess just do your best (laughs) It's because there's so much and eventually it'll all get settled how you like it and everything all fall into place, but it is overwhelming for me at least. And it seems like it, it gets e- easier each day, but then you have an emergency come up from a, a past client or from a, a client you inherited and you're like, well, I guess I gotta dig in deeper into this file to see what's going on. And I think eventually it'll smooth out and it'll just be a normal emergency popping up and you'll know what to do instead of an emergency popping up and having to spend more time than usual, digging through the file and trying to find where the documents are, things like that. So be tenacious. Well, we'll, that'll be my final little advice, be tenacious.
0: (laughs) Very nice. Yeah, my my parting thought is I'm looking forward to going from where I, I was kind of a solo person in the clinic to, to being part of a team. And, and so if, if I have questions about a client, then I will have people I can consult with. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I hope the, the learning curve isn't too steep for, for me in the new organization.
1: I will also say that at Judicare, I will be spending some of, some of my extra time doing other types of cases. And I know you're going to be overseeing other types of cases. And I think that actually sort of helps, at least for me. So it's not tax cases all day, all day, all day. And these other practice groups, there's lots more attorneys. So I give more interaction than. Normal, but then also a little diversity in the, what I'm working on. I think that sort of actually helps.
0: Yeah, I've at Kansas Legal Services, I was doing bankruptcy cases also, but it was maybe 10% of my case load and, and maybe less at times. So, I mean, I it was generally all tax and you know, I, I was kind of fine with that, but I, I do look forward to, to learning new areas of law because I will be working with tax, then bankruptcy, going from Chapter 7 in Kansas to Chapter 11 in Missouri, and or um, not 11, Chapter 13. I was going to say,
1: Chapter 11, yep. I think that's farming.
0: Yeah, 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 <laughs> Ch- Chapter 13. In Missouri and um yeah they they do auto fraud and I, I think we're looking to expand like a, a whole group of debt defense cases so yeah I I don't know how much diversity I will have beyond tax but but that that's definitely something else that may be on my plate so yeah I mean I it's it's going to be a, a good amount to juggle, but I, I look forward to the challenge. So I'm I am still excited to to get started. That's good. So I'm I'm gonna say thank you for joining me, Andrew. And um, this has been a, a fun conversation and I, I think it is worthwhile for us to draft something for the the LITC organization. So I I will work with you on that. We'll, we'll definitely keep in touch with that, but thank you. Thank you for a great episode. Thank you for joining me today and best of luck in expanding your work in your new role.
1: Thank you, Bill.
0: Thank you for listening to Tax Justice Warriors. We have a Patreon page if you'd like to support this podcast. Providing monetary support for this podcast helps with expenses like equipment or travel to tax conferences. Supporting this podcast through Patreon comes with rewards, so check out our Patreon page. Please rate or review this podcast because positive reviews help get more people to know this podcast exists. The views expressed on this podcast are not official opinions of the IRS, the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic Program, or the employers of the people who spoke on this program. Your tax situation is unique, so do not take the statements on this program as tax or legal advice consult with your own tax professional to provide you with specific advice on your situation. Tune in next time on Tax Justice Warriors for another interesting tax discussion.